Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. This is coming out on July 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Bethany Womack. I'm joined by my co-host who's filling in for Charlie while she's out on recovery, Becca. Thanks, Bethany. So we are super excited to be here with you, the listener. Thank you for choosing us. And please do us a favor, leave us a comment and a rave review that helps us show up in the podcast platforms and helps more listeners like yourself find the show. Like every week, we're going to cover something from social media that you need to know in the industry, preview the news from empowering pumps and equipment, and connect you with an industry influencer. We're going to go back to what we normally do this week. And Becca, I want to hear how your week has been. So my week has been crazy busy. A lot of work to be done, but I did all of the things that I, you know, had on my list to do. So I'm feeling really good. And then we're also in the process of getting a fence put in our backyard for Woodrow. Pretty much like I've wanted a fence for quite some time and my partner wants a new dog. And so basically he's like, so when do you want to get a new dog? And I'm like, whenever I get a fence. And what do you know? <laughs> we're getting a fence. <laughs> so we... um we went and actually bought like the fence. We're still waiting on just a few, few different like small parts that were back ordered that we have to get. But we have, um, we're almost ready to have like the permit all situated to where we can actually install the fence in the backyard, which will be the hardest part. Um, but I'm very excited to be able to just open up the back door and let Woodrow out and he can go be dependent and, <laughs> and go outside and do his stuff um, by himself. <laughs> we recently got a doggy door, uh, which also was life-changing for us because I don't even have to open the door. They just let themselves out. So <laughs> your life is about to change, Becca. I know. It's going to be so nice, especially too. Like half the time we're outside in the backyard, like my duty is just unwrapping him from his leash around all of the things because yeah. that's just what he does. And so I'm so excited that we can go hang out in the back, not have to have him leashed and he can just do his business. And then, you know, we'll be having a new puppy at some point here. <laughs> Which is what we're all most excited about, I think. I think I'm less excited because I know how much more work it's going to be uh, working from home and having a new pup, but it'll be exciting because, you know, who doesn't love puppies? <laughs> well, I'm hoping that um, that you get the new puppy before Charlie comes back so that we can see the puppy on the podcast, just so I can love on this puppy while we record our show. Well, listen, I have bad news. It's not going to be that soon. But I can come on for you know a, a guest appearance uh, yes. with the pups. <laughs> Perfect. But, uh, but so, Bethany, tell me about your week. So in the vein of uh, home repairs, as we're talking about, uh, I have a funny story that I I hope makes y'all all laugh as much as I laughed about it. This past week, we've been having to do some home repairs because Mark was in the attic trying to find a pipe 
to drain something for our AC. I don't really understand. But so he was up there looking around for something. He had me up there to push the button on the machine to go. And all of a sudden, I just hear him yell as his foot goes through the ceiling into Bowen's room. And so this is also after Bowen's gone to bed. And so like I hear Mark go, ah, and then I see that he hasn't gone all the way through, you know, but so then he's just sitting there with his foot through. And then I hear him go, hey, Bowen, dad's fine. It's totally fine. We're okay. Traumatizing. He's going to like wake up screaming at night, like, dad. (laughs) Dad's foot attacked me. No, he went and told all his friends that his dad made a hole in his bathroom. And so they've been fixing it. And now we get to paint. And it's been uh, a really fun week for home repairs. But we needed to paint. His bathroom has been pink since we moved in and we've been talking about painting it. And now I guess is the perfect excuse to do so. And while we're doing it, I'll make Mark listen to the podcast so he can hear his story (laughs) of falling through. But I guess we should just go ahead and get into this show. First up is our Let's Get Social segment. This is where we're going to tell you something you need to know that I saw on social media that I think will help you and give you some insight into something that you need to know. And we want to invite you to our virtual meetups. So for Empowering Brands next week, or technically this week when you're listening to it, so Tuesday the 20th, every third Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Time will be our Empowering Brands meetup. And then for Empowering Women, our next one will be Wednesday, August 11th, every second Wednesday of the month at 11 a.m. Central Time. But you need to pre-register for those events, so the link will be in the bio. And actually, August 11th is my wedding anniversary, my nine-year wedding anniversary, which how that happened, I have no idea. But so that will be a really fun day for me. And I know that it's really close to Carly's birthday. I want to say her birthday is the 10th or the 11th or the 8th, somewhere around there. and yeah, also somewhere around there. <laughs> and also Empowering Pumps birthday, somewhere around there as well. So that'll be a fun month as well. I'll start uh, with some shout outs that we have from this week. I wanted to give a shout out to Daryl Stinson. He spoke on our Empowering Women call this past week, and I just got so much out of his presentation. He was talking to us about public speaking and how to use speaking as a tool to get something that we want, whether it's a raise or uh, to promote your business or any of these things. And I took away, I think, a lot of really good tools, and I felt like everyone was really engaged and He's just, he's awesome. He's a super dynamic speaker and he was really great to have. So I wanted to give him a shout out and say thanks for being on our call. Yes, he was. His energy was just amazing. It it was great to have him on. And um, so I also wanted to give a shout out to our colleague, Vince. So yesterday was his 60th birthday and I just wanted to give him some extra birthday love. Happy birthday, Vince. You know, it's such a big milestone and, you know, we are all so happy that you're on our empowering team. Yes, I saw on his Facebook that his kids threw him a surprise party last night, which made me really happy that that happened. He's got a new baby granddaughter that he's really proud of. And so I think that probably made this birthday extra special too. But he always brings the jokes to our team calls and to our empowering brands meetup too. Those were his idea to do those. And he enjoys talking with all of you. So when you come on the call, so you're listening to this on Monday, when you're on the call tomorrow, make sure to tell Vince happy birthday. Absolutely. 
If you want us to give you a shout out, then reach out to us on social media and we can give you a shout out on the show. So you can stay connected by following us at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag, hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. Awesome. Okay, so what we're talking about today is we are finishing up Becca's three-part series on self-care. These are videos that she made for our YouTube channel, and the first one is mind, the second one's body. We've covered both of those, and today we're going to be talking about soul. You can go watch those YouTube videos. The link is in our show notes. And big picture, why we wanted to share this with you, our listeners, and how it relates to you and your industry and the industry that we're all in is that prioritizing self-care in ourselves is where we'll be the happiest, the most rested, the best version of ourselves. And when we're the best version of ourselves, that impacts our family, our friends, and our work and our career and all of the people that we interact with in this industry. And we really want to promote this industry and all the people in it because the people is really our top priority and who we care about in this industry. And we want you to be the best version of yourself. So We'll start with part three. And Becca, why don't you lead us in and tell us, you know, what what soul means in relation to self-care? Absolutely. So soul is, you know, what you personally need to feel fulfilled. You know, what what nourishes you? Um of course, you know, your mental health and your physical health are important, and those are normal things that I think everyone can, you know easily understand and get, but it's also important to, you know, think of what you need, like as a person. So what are the things that give you joy? That's always the question that I like to ask myself and other people when it comes to figuring out what those personal needs are, you know, visualize what, what those needs are and what really, you know, fills you up whenever you're doing them. When I saw this question in your video, when you said, what gives you joy? It made me feel, one, really good about myself and my parenting skills because every night at family dinner, we go around the table and we say, you know, Bowen, what made you happy today? Or Mark, what made you happy today? And I don't even remember where I got that. I think I got it from, you know, someone suggested it on a podcast a long time ago. But training myself to realize during the day what brought me happiness in the moments of chaos and hectic and busyness and stress, but training yourself to like appreciate those small moments that do bring you joy, I think is important too. And it's been really fun to see Bowen kind of grow into learning uh, how to answer this or what that means. And now he has answers other than, you know, the food he's eating or whatever, which is a viable thing that can make people happy too. Uh, But so that's really fun. And I think it's helped me find what brings me joy. And the first big element you talked about with soul and uh, how it relates to self-care is connection. So soul can be different for lots of different people, can be very different what your needs are, but we all share the common need of connecting with people. We all need that kind of human connection, whether it's family, friends, a partner. And Becca even said in her video, She thinks a pet can fill that void in some instances as well. So go love on your fur babies too. And I think really this last year being COVID has highlighted this for all of us. We spent months not having as much 
connection with people uh, that wasn't virtual, at least. And so we really, I think, could see the benefit of it and saw how much we really needed it. And the connection that you're really looking for is those reliable relationships where, you know, they're there for you and you were there for them, too. To be healthy, you know, it can't be like all one sided or all give or all take. And I think I'm kind of introverted. Like, I don't know. I feel like I go back and forth uh, on the scale, but I definitely recharge being alone from time to time. So even though we all need connections, you need to listen to you and what's going on. And it's okay to disconnect for a while, to have some alone time. But then, you know, just remember to get back out there and give someone a hug when you see them uh, or connect with them and hang out with them. It can do the soul good. Yes. And, you know, Another part of that that I talk about in the in the series is the so the personal needs. So like I had mentioned before with a list of what gives you joy and these can be small or big things and it can be, you know, simple. So going outside and getting fresh air, um, going shopping alone, especially if you're a parent. I think this is one that would resonate with you being able to go to the store and shop without having to worry about where everyone else is, um, reading a book, you know, really, this is personal, of course, personal needs, personal for everyone and figuring out, you know, what are those things that make you feel like you that make that really satisfy you. And, you know, it's really good to have different options as well. So having a list of a bunch of different things that do give you joy is going to be important. Um, for example, one of the things that gives me joy is being out in nature. And, you know, sometimes that's not an option, especially, you know, winter comes. I live in Pennsylvania, so it's cold and I am not going trekking out through uh, the woods whenever it's, you know, 10 degrees outside and there's a foot of snow outside. Um, absolutely not. So being able to have, you know, some collateral that you can pull from, it is going to be important. And, you know, it's also okay to ask for what you need in relation to other people. So like Bethany had mentioned about if you do need some space, you know, or time alone to, to do whatever that is, even if it's just to be alone, or if it's, you know, doing one of the things, reading a book or going shopping by yourself, you know, it's okay to let other people know that that's what you need and then giving yourself that need. 100% agree. And the next step to that is desires or what we want. So the first thing that Becca was talking about is like what you need to really be okay. You know, you need uh, that, that fresh air, that refresher. Um, But desires is, you know, they don't, you don't have to have them, uh, but it would make your life happier. You know, it's what you want. And even if you can't have them right now, just acknowledging that those are the things that you want it's, it's always good because, you know, it's good to have goals. It's good to have things to look forward to and uh, kind of a motivation for doing what you're doing. And so we could be talking about big things or small things. You could be talking about, you know, you want to own a home in five years or you want to pay off your home in five years or something small like you want to get a nap every Sunday afternoon. Like that's just your thing that you really want. Um, or it could be getting a raise. 
however you want to apply these wants, it could be from something small to something big. And I think the takeaway for both of these in, um, you know, what we want and what we need and what I'm hearing from you, Becca, is that like sometimes it's hard to ask for what you want and to tell people like, I, I need this. I need you to help accommodate me in this way or I want this. I want this raise. It's hard to get up that courage to go and tell people that. But with practice, it does get easier. And a lot of times what I tell myself is that worst case scenario, they say no you know, and you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I don't know what Michael Jordan or whoever said that, but it's true. So if, you know, sitting around and thinking about what you want and not asking for it, isn't going to get you what you want. Absolutely. And, and it really is. I do think that when it comes to our needs and wants that does get put on the back burner, especially if you have fam a family, you know, you have children and you have other people that also need a lot from you. And it, it's still very important to be making sure that you are giving yourself those things. Um, you know, to kind of wrap up, of course, this part, but also the series in general is, you know, that self-care is important. It's about giving yourself the love and support that you need and deserve. And it's about making yourself a priority. Um, and you need to do that for your mind, body, and your soul. And I truly do believe that um, if you are doing those things and loving on yourself on all aspects, that your life will get significantly better and also better the lives that are around you. I love it. Thank you for putting all this content together for us first in your videos. They're really, it's really awesome content. And just the information that you're sharing, I think is vitally important. I've learned a lot from it. I'm hoping that all of our listeners, as you're listening to this, for one, that you go watch the videos because you can get even more in-depth examples and information. But for two, that you also take a lot from it um, so that you know you can be the best version of yourself as well. And let us know what you liked about this, what practices you took away. You can tweet us at Empowering Pumps or, or Becca's Twitter. Everyone is Empowering Becca, B-E-K-A-H. So... So tweet her as well and let her know, or in the comments, if you're watching this on YouTube, what self-care practice that you've implemented. And at the very least, drink some water while you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> okay, now we are going to move into the news. This is where we're going to preview the news that you will be seeing this week in your inbox in the Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter. If you're not signed up for that, the link is in the show notes. I Highly recommended. You get two emails a week that preview some story or that have stories from our industry that we think are important that you'll want to know. We start off every week with the person of the week. You already know this person because I think I've talked about her like the past five episodes. I don't know. Uh, but our person of the week is Kaylee Looney. She's a mission analyst at L3 Harris Technologies and founder and editor in chief at reInvent Magazine. And one of the questions that, that we ask her for this feature is, you know, what advice she has for someone considering the industry? And I loved her answer. So she says, my advice is to not let your own doubts get in the way. 
You don't need to be a straight A student to be an aerospace engineer. Anyone at NASA would tell you that it takes curiosity and perseverance. And that definitely resonates for me because I've never, I mean, I'm not an engineer, but I was never a straight A student. I was like a B and C student. And, you know, look, look at me now. <laughs> look at you now, empowering Becca. No, you've come a long way. I, I loved that sentiment as well. She has wonderful answers. She really thought through and gave us really great content for her industry profile. So I recommend reading it. And one of the big reasons we do these people of the week features is so that you're able to connect to people in the industry. So, you know, go and add Kaylee on social media or LinkedIn so you can see things she shares, um, which I'm going to briefly share one of the things that she shared that I read this week that was awesome. So she's, you know, in aerospace, she's really into space flights and all those kind of news. And she shared the story of an 82 year old woman, Wally Funk, who will be going up into space. I think it's tomorrow is when the flight uh, launches. So she'll be going with Jeff Bezos and, and that crew that's going up into space. But it's this really awesome story about how at 21, she was with a group of women that went through NASA and completed all the training. She did better than all of the men. And then they decided that women couldn't go to space because women couldn't do that, obviously, uh, I guess, to them then. And she persevered. She applied four times to NASA, never got it, did all these awesome flights. And now at the age of 82, she will be setting the record for the oldest person to fly into space tomorrow. And I just loved that story that Kaylee shared. Uh, so just another reason to add Kaylee on social media. Um, and go look up Wally Funk. That's a really awesome story. What am I missing? Now I'm completely off of my notes because I got so excited about Wally Funk going to space. I made Mark listen to it too. And I've told the story like three times. So I want y'all to know y'all got the most concise version that I could possibly give. I'm that excited about it. Okay. Uh, back to where we were. Oh, so we do want to feature other people of the week. You can nominate them on our site. You just put their name, their email, someone that you think is doing something awesome in the industry, and we'll reach out and send them our questions and then be able to feature them here on the podcast and in our newsletter. And so another feature that is going to be in our news is a case study from Borger. So this is solving progressive cavity pump issues. So the problem was that a wastewater treatment plant in Manchester, New Hampshire, they utilize an activated sludge process for treatment and a fluidized bed incineration system for sludge but sludge disposal, that is a mouthful. <laughs> also, I'm just thankful that somewhere out there does this because all of that sounds disgusting. And somehow we still get clean water that come out of our sinks and showers and all of that. So <laughs> I'm yes. amazed every time we talk about it. Absolutely. Um, but so to fuel the system, the plant used progressive cavity pumps to feed a mixture of sludge, grease, scum, the occasional oil to the incinerator. And, you know, the plant has a 60% combined sewer. And in the spring, there is an excess amount of bark mulch that ends up in the plant scum and causes progressive cavity pumps for them to clog. And according to the operators that this has been a nightmare for them since 1994. So that's a long time. Were you alive? Let's just um, I was ask four. Okay, I was four years you. old at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Lion King was coming out. It was a big year, everyone, okay? A very long time ago. Yes, and a very frustrating start um, for that water waste, waste treatment uh, in New Hampshire. 
But uh, so the solution was that the plant installed a trial, a trial pump from Forger, the PL200, which was an oversized side mouth pump um, with a large square inlet port for drop and replacement into the lobes without any restriction. And the result was that no other pump worked um, better than the PL200. And because it was so successful at feeding the scum to the incinerator, that the plant was able to purchase one full time and, you know, making their life a lot easier. <laughs> That's awesome. The link for that is in the show notes. So you can read the whole thing. They give uh, some more information. Thank you for getting through that as I'm just like amazed and interrupting you the entire time. So thanks, Becca. The story I'm sharing with you today is three things to consider when selecting a coding system. And it's from Continental Coding Corp, one of our partners. It's a white paper that you can go and download. And so what it's about is we know that there's hundreds of available options for powder or liquid coating, such as, you know, thermosetting plastics, Teflon, loads of others. These coatings offer a wide variety of different benefits and a scope of decision. Um, and it can be overwhelming trying to decide which one is the right uh, fit for your equipment and your system. And so the white paper really outlines the three main things to consider when making your decision easier. And that would be the conditions that you're under, compliance and what you need to meet, and then capabilities of your equipment and the coatings. So you can download this full white paper from Continental Corp, Coding Corp to learn about those three things in depth and help use that decision-making model the next time you have to decide what coatings you need. I think that's all of the news. There's tons more stories coming out in the newsletter. So definitely sign up for that so you can see all of that. And now we're going to move into the industry interview. Charlie has another good one in the can that we're going to share with you today. The guest is Matt Nelson. He's the host of HVAC 360 podcast and is dedicated to improving the HVAC education worldwide. He's a licensed mechanical engineer for over 20 years. I think in the interview, he actually says 25, not to date him or make him sound older than he is. Uh, but he loves sharing his experience as a designer, design build contractor. And um, he's still working as a commissioning practitioner today. And he likes helping owners and their teams navigate their projects and construction issues. And he really talks about in his interview, all these things and how they relate to the HVAC industry and how that ties into um, us and what we're doing at Empowering Pumps. And he hosts a podcast, so you know he's going to be entertaining on this interview. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And just to note that his interview is just in audio form. So if you're watching this on YouTube, just stay on the video and you'll hear the audio from his interview. And then we'll be back after the interview is over. I'm really looking forward to hearing this interview. And without further delay, here's the interview. Hey, Matt. Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. Thanks so much, Charlie. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, you were the person that interviewed me for my very first podcast way back. So that you introduced me to podcasting. Uh, but, you know, let's start with telling everybody who you are, what you do for the industry. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, first I, it was it was funny because you know we've we've talked before about this, but it's it's it was so it was so weird that that I I get the opportunity. It's it's been so great to be able to see you grow from you know where you first started uh, into until you where you are now. I mean, you've you've done some really great things, and it's been you know it's really been a, a privilege and honor for me to be able to see you grow like that. Yeah, we'll have to like link back to your uh, episode that you have of me and you talking because I think it's so funny. My little, I don't know what I'm going to do here, but here we go. This is it. Uh, so it was it was quite a fun, I guess I would say experiment for me then, but I've always loved it. So um, I think you probably agree with that, you know, just hearing people's stories and how we can inform the industry, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so so I guess uh, kicking this thing off. I'm Matt Nelson. I am the uh, the host, the producer of HVAC 360. Uh, it is a HVAC based podcast uh, that allows people to learn a little bit more about uh, more of the commercial side of HVAC and really to be able to meet some of the people and uh, investigate the products that is on the HVAC side. So in a nutshell, that's, you know, I mean, my background. So, so what, what makes me the expert to be able to talk about this? Well, I guess I've, I've been a professional mechanical engineer um, for about 25 years now. And I've been involved in everything from HVAC design. Um, and I've done uh, a lot of commissioning. Um, probably for the last half of half of my career. Actually, it's probably been more than half of my career. So that was the one thing that uh, that really got me into uh, you know being able to to learn and to talk about this because as a commissioning authority, your ultimate goal is to be able to make th- make sure things work. So you want to be able to make things work from the design all the way through construction, and so that the owner really understands and can have a building that they they really you know uh, can run well. Yeah, so I was curious. You, you mentioned some of it there, um, talking about the mechanical engineer. Uh, but what got you into mechanical engineering? What made you want to pursue that career? You know, I, I guess it, it was uh, like a lot of us uh, engineers. It's you know the propensity for math, uh, the kind of we like that portion of it. I didn't know exactly where I was going to fit, but I knew that I liked. Uh, I like math. I like the engineering aspects, you know, trying to make things work. And really, that's what got me onto mechanical engineering. You know, I've always had this, you know, uh, love for construction, but it wasn't until I sat down. I mean, literally, it was one of the uh, w- one of the first job interviews that I had that I really I were like, oh, it's mechanical engineers do this. Oh, okay. You know, it, it's like a light bulb moment, and I'm like, I'm like, why did I not know this before? You know, all through all through school, I had no clue. It was it was when I got into mechanical engineering, it was all focused on you know manufacturing, 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 um, and a lot of it doesn't really go into the you know the built environment HVAC side of things, which is is really kind of bizarre to me. But you know, that's what it was. So, so let's stay there for a second. So with that in that HVAC industry and how we get the knowledge to these mechanical engineers that this industry is valid, that we need you, um, you know, what you're going to be doing. I mean, you've been doing this a long time because that was, you know, about 10 years ago when we, we did our podcast. Have you seen a shift in that at all since you've been kind of in the industry? 
a, a shift in the the learning. You know, it. I, I guess here's the thing. You know, when people most people go through mechanical engineering in college, uh, they learn the the theory, the basic fundamentals, um, but they really don't uh, learn about HVAC design until they start working for a you know an HVAC uh, design firm. Uh, there's very few pro, you know, there's very few programs out there, um, and I've kind of gone into that a little bit on my podcast. But there's very few that'll focus on the built environment. Usually, it's a uh, uh, there are schools out there that will have what's referred to as an architectural engineering degree, and that is something that will kind of explain about mechanical systems um, in combination with architecture and, and electrical systems and kind of give you a, a nice broad brush overview. But typically, that's not something that most people get exposed to. I mean, so it's either going to be a surprise. You're either going to go through an AE background in college or you're going to really know somebody that is either a sheet metal contractor, pipe fitter or works as a mechanical engineer. Typically, they have like a combination of those. But, you know, it's 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 really surprising that this field is kind of really hidden, um, you know, for most people. Yeah. And I, I remember walking through this plant here in town and there was a pipe fitter doing some more like industrial space stuff. But uh, because I'm just a pipe fitter and I'm like, just a pipe fitter, right? Like for me, it's like so like, I want to scream at them. Like you're doing amazing work. Like everybody can't do this. Um, and so I just thought it was, um, you know, something to note because I, I want people to know, I want to, if somebody was a pipe fitter was listening to this, right. Just to know that that element of the business is necessary and they're necessary and essential, I guess, to how things are created. And so with that and, and, kind of moving towards what's next. Uh, I know that we talked a little bit about it before about that sustainable, you know, high performance buildings, you know, what is the next, I guess, what does that set? What does that mean? You know, first of all, I mean, sustainable uh, buildings, I, I can kind of understand that, but what does it mean in this space? Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of people will talk about, you know, sustainable high performance buildings. Um you know, is that kind of a redundant uh, in talking about it? You know, sustainable to me means something other than other than green. I mean, most people think of you know the lead rating system uh, when they think of sustainable. Um, when I think of sustainable, I'd like to think of it more from a uh, from a operator standpoint. You want to be able to build something, design something, build something that is sustainable. Like they they are able to. Uh, you know, maintain it and to have it operate in a high performing manner consistently, consistently throughout the life cycle of the building. Uh, so that's that's what I like to focus on as sustainable. Um, high performance is another thing that that's a little bit, uh, you know, uh, can you know, high performance is important, um, but I always like to say that high performance shouldn't mean you know, a very complicated system. Um, you know, if you're going to go for high performance and you're going to do that by making a complicated system, that is the wrong path to high performance. You know, because basically, you know, as from an owner's standpoint, you know, you can expect to spend maybe 5 to 10% more 
on a high performance building. You know, and and I say that with a, with a big asterisk because one, uh, you don't want to have uh, you don't want to go into the construction process uh, from a standpoint that okay, if we go over budget, I'm going to start hacking the mechanical systems down. I'm going to start hacking the electrical systems down. Uh, you want to know that it may be a little bit more and you want to be able to commit to uh, the high performance aspect of these buildings. Um, so so what type of buildings would you say need to be a high performing building? You know, it can it can be anything. You know, if people are interested, you know, in in high performance housing, you know, you you get the oh, what is that that uh, the rating system that they have for houses? But I mean, essentially, there are houses where you have very small heating and cooling plants because the the building enclosure is so well done. Those are fantastic buildings, and those I would consider those high performance buildings. Um, you can go high performance schools. I mean, any sort of thing from residential to to commercial, uh, you could have a high performance building. Um, you know, when you get into commer- when you get into industrial, um, it kind of shifts a little bit because there is, you know, the building enclosure is less important than the process that they're actually uh, focusing on. Uh, but you know, anybody where the building enclosure is, you know, whether it's hot healthcare, whether it's higher education, education. Um, just about anything uh, where they're going to be long-term owners of a building, you know, that, that should be important. More in that comfort space and energy savings. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, high performance, you know, it doesn't have, like I said, it shouldn't be complicated. Um, And I think owners, you know, they need to focus on the right team. You know, I would, I would say selfishly that they should really get commissioning involved earlier on in the project. Um, Partly because a lot of people, yeah, they just don't know, you know, what exactly, you know, is high performance. You know, what's what? What should they be focusing on? They're very familiar with, you know, colors or what the you know space needs uh, are, but they don't have that technical background. And that's the one thing: if you get a commissioning authority on your team early in the project, they're able to kind of help people out uh, to be able to uh, focus on that. Yeah. And so how do they, how do they pick a commissioning person? Like I know there's, I mean, when you're in the industry, you kind of get introduced to people like this along the way, different companies, but what is something that they should look for when picking? I, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's primarily the same thing. It's a track record. They may have some recommendations. Um, It definitely, you know, depends on what type of building they are uh, constructing. Um, you know, sometimes that's really important, especially for specialized, uh, specialized buildings. Uh, you're going to want some uh, commissioning authority that has experience doing that. But it, it's still one of those things that a lot of people, a lot of owners don't really understand. And I, you know, even see kind of kind of hesitation from the architectural side. Like that's that's an extra cost. That's an added cost. You don't need to go through that. And it's, it's still, it's hard to fight that, um, you know, especially since the architects are the ones that, you know, you really need to, uh, you need, you need to get to, to say, Hey, this is, this is really a, a critical piece. This is a critical piece. Yeah. 
I agree. And I, I was just thinking about my own home. You know, I've got the one room that's always cold when it's cold outside and always hot when it's hot outside. And, and, and you'd think if you just spent a little bit more time designing those air systems a little bit better, then you wouldn't have to be, you know, finding another way to heat it <laughs> or cool it when you need, it. you know, you've, bought, you've paid for this system, it should work. But the, the front end of it wasn't designed correctly. Um, it's right. simple terms for me. That's how I can think about it. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and that's a that's that's kind of the, the beauty of high performance. When you when you think when I think about high performance, I'm not just focusing on the HVAC systems um, because you have to have the building enclosure, the outside skin of the building, because if it if it leaks like a sieve, there's no heating and cooling plant that can, you know, overcome that. It's just, it's not possible. Um, so you really have to be, you really have to have, uh, you know, focus and spend, maybe spend more money on that. You'll have a smaller mechanical system, but, you know, that that's just the way it is. Well, I think that's great. And I think that that's why, you know, you can, you can hear the passion for the HVAC systems and, and everything, which is, what you talk about on the podcast. So tell us why you started podcasting. I mean, you were a early adopter, you know, what got you into it? You know, I, I like doing technical things. I like as, as a commissioning authority, you know, it's kind of ingrained in me from, you know, even when I was designing that I needed to know how things worked. And that, that came from any, everything from, you know, being able to code a, a page on the internet, you know, just my own website, I did that for the local ASHRAE chapter for a number of years. And, and then I finally have, I've started using a, a different, uh, you know, software package. Um, so it's a little bit easier, but you know, I mean, I, you know, it was, it's, it's crazy. Cause every time I think about that, you know, I'm in this vein of, you know, it's almost like talking about eight track cassettes. That's right. It was so like it, cumbersome, right? It, to it get was, started. It, it, it was, it was, it was so far back. I, I think it was like 2000, around 2004 when I first uh, realized there were, there was a, a local club that used to post audio files. So you'd have to download the audio file and then you'd have to move it over to your, uh, your player and and the thing is, is like back then, the the you know they weren't that big, so you could only have so many podcasts on your on your little device, and so you'd have to have you really micromanage the heck out of it, you know, to switch them out on a constant basis. And it was it was really kind of, you know, it it was it was it was wild. But you know, I I knew that uh, yeah, basically. My back, a little bit more of my background during college, I did uh, a little bit of radio, a little bit of college radio. And that was some of the thing, you know, that I, I really enjoyed. And, you know, going from, you know, with, with that and looking at the uh, different podcasts and going, you know, there's, there's got to be a, a better way. I mean, sharing all this information is really super important because the one thing that the podcast does, it allows you to, you know, share information that people don't have normal access to. Um, not everybody is in, the, is, is in a location where they can have, you know, a local ASHRAE chapter. Not everybody has the, the funds available to, to go to a conference. Not everybody has or, or works for a firm that uh, has a great uh, training system. In fact, I, I'd probably say a large majority of, of engineering firms 
don't do that. You know, I, I, I get, I get, I get the, yeah, we should have that. We should probably have that quite a bit. And the, the, every time I ask the question, it, I'm just amazed. I mean, even from the largest firms to the smallest firms, there is that disparity, you know, and I, 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 find, I kind of found myself uh, in that position as well. I mean, that's, it's, it's, I kind of did this out of a little bit of a necessity because, you know, there really isn't, you know, a great way um, to train people, to teach people, to get the information. And so the podcast really allowed me to be able to do that, to, to introduce people to different concepts, to be able to share what I know, some of the things that went wrong. Um, and I think that that's really powerful to be able to share some of some of the mistakes that I see. You know, I can keep it anonymous. You know, they don't know the project. They don't have to know who did it, who installed it, uh, because, frankly, it, it happens, you know, to the best of us, you know. And I think that you should be able to share that and being able to share that with designers is, you know, a great learning tool. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that a lot of the things that we, you know, create our passions, our missions, our, our purpose, it, it really comes from something where we could see it so clearly the the trial or the obstacle, and we become that person who um, uses our voice to kind of highlight that and figure out a way to give people the resources that they need to make sure, you know, that they're not going to redo all the things that you kind of did to kind of get through that. So I definitely know that that's the, the truth for me um, with the empowering women in industry for certain. I was looking for different role models to, to kind of help me grow. And I do, I see some things that, you know, you want to point out, you don't want to point out things to like, like you said, to ruin a project or, you know, hurt an organization or something like that. But you want to point them out so that they get better. Um, and and I think you you touched on that. It doesn't have to be like naming other things to bring up. Okay, this is an issue. Uh, we don't have to say where it's an issue, but this is an issue that we need to talk about for sure. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And so What's next for your podcast? What I mean, I, I, I'm not in that, you know, learning, learning how to, you know, put these systems together or anything, but what can people look to find if they, you know, download their, your podcast? You know, I, I think that a couple of different, a couple of different things, um, you know, I mean, right now I probably have a, you know, 170 plus podcasts and that really spans a, a number of years. I mean, right now, I'm I'm kind of in the middle of a, a slight hiatus from these things because I'm not a I'm not a full time podcaster, you know. I do this kind of on the side for for people to to share and you know. But I I think you know if they have questions, um, they can go there and you know also uh, you know I'm someone who the the one great thing about podcasts is that most of the podcasters out there, you know, are not superstars. You know, they're everyday people. Um, you can reach out to them and have a conversation, you know, and that's, you know, I, and I, th I think I've, I've sent you some, some details on how people can you know, reach me uh, via LinkedIn. Um, and that's probably the, the, the best way, um, is through LinkedIn, but just to have a, just to have a conversation like, Hey, you know what? I have a question. Um, and sometimes I've answered it on a podcast and I can redirect them there. 
uh, you know, whether it be, you know, how to make, you know, become a commissioning authority or, you know, what are some of the things that, that, you know, I should look for on, on this particular topic, just being able to, just being able to, to do that. You know, now I, I always aspire to do more, <laughs> but don't I, I, all, hate, don't all. <laughs> I, I hate to, I hate to, you know, kind of forecast w- what I intend to do, but you know, the, the one thing, the one thing that the podcast, you know, really kind of highlights for me is this, you know, asynchronous learning. It's like, you know, wherever you are, you know, because it's all about the listener, wherever you are, you can learn when you want, where you want, how you want, how fast you want. You know, if you want to go down the rabbit hole, go down that rabbit hole. And I'm just trying to, you know, provide more information. Uh, you know, I aspire to provide more information that is on demand. And it's going to, it's, you know, it's going to be on that same vein. So whether it's, you know, different, um, you know, different lectures on different things, um, going, you know, deep down a rabbit hole on various topics, you know, that's, that's kind of where I, you know, want to, want to get to. So, so your resource, so your resource, um, with the podcast, but also online, um, just if somebody wanted to reach out and ask you a question, you're available to be that resource to kind of, um, help them solve that problem. Yeah. I mean, obviously I have to say within reason, you know, you didn't hire me. You just asked me a question. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an answer. Uh, and if I think that you need help, I'm going to say, well, maybe you should look for a, a professional near you, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that is the challenge when you're, you are doing things like this. There's, um, some of your, uh, skill and knowledge, uh, when you are working in this field has to be part of the work. And, and so I agree with that too. I talk on social media a lot and I'm not going to give all my secrets away, um, on a free, you know, you know, presentation. I do want somebody to work with me. So I totally get that for sure. So I guess, I mean, we, we are, we're really out of time, but I just like talking to you, uh, Matt, but what, what is some advice you would give, you know, somebody who would, you know, be thinking about coming into this industry or even podcasting, you know, what, what is some, some advice that you would give? Yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, really, you know, focus on, there's so much, uh, you know, a scarcity mentality, um, that might be out there. I mean, and specifically on podcasting, you know, I am really excited about all the technician podcasts that are out there. You know, I have been around for for a long time. You know, and I it was funny because I yeah w- when we talked, I ran into to Brian Orr, and he referred to me as the the podfather of HVAC because I've been around since you know before people cared uh, to look for 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 podcasting. But the great thing is those resources last, right? They're still there, and people can go back and listen to them, which I think is part of the, you know, just amazing work of a podcast is that you're going to marry somebody, you know, six months from now. And it's like, they can just start over with all of your podcasts and go from one and go through them. Right. Absolutely. They may not do that. They may like search. I sometimes search through the topics. Right. Right. But yeah, it just depends on how you, you know, learn, like you said. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, and I've, I've, I've been in contact with a few people who have asked them that question about podcasting. So I'd be more than willing to, to, to share my, uh, you know, knowledge of, of what I do and, and what, you know, is a, is a, you know, some good options. Um, you don't need a studio space. Uh, you don't need a lot of expensive equipment. Um, so it, it's, it's just, there's, there's some fundamentals. And I just say, you know, if you have that, if you have that inkling, if you have that bent towards, you know, speaking into a microphone, you know, 
go for it. Interview some people. You know, I mean, the, the one thing that the one of the things that I, I just started uh, I've always had in the back of my mind is, you know, I've, I've got to interview people uh, because we're going to lose a lot of this institutional information. And, you know, just the other day I heard about my ninth interview. The guy was an icon locally and he had just he had passed away this past year. And I'm so glad that I was able to capture um, at least, you know, a small portion of his knowledge in, in a podcast. So I don't know who these, you know, icons are for every area. So if you want to go into, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, your, your local hometown or, uh, you know, your state or, or what have you, your country, um, go interview those people because that, in, that institutional knowledge is going to get lost. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to fight this, you know, this brain drain of the industry with my podcast. Now, if, if somebody was out there who wanted to get into HVAC, um, I'd say, you know what, this is not rocket science. This is, this is a great career that you can take anywhere that you want. I don't, I don't have to live where I, where I am to be able to do what I do. I can live, you know, I could live on the beach. I could live, you know, by a beach. I could live, you know, in the mountains. Whatever you want to do, whatever you like to do, there is a city. And in that city, there's going to be buildings. Um, there is going to be engineers that need your abilities. And, you know, there are fewer and fewer people that are electing to go, you know, because it's not glamorous. But it is, it is, it is a great field, and it is something that is very rewarding. We just don't know what happens behind the walls. Uh, it was one of the po- podcasts that we did. Uh, the, you know, everything behind the walls, like it's just amazing. So, um, and definitely the people who are making all that, you know, work is, is super amazing. So, Matt, thank you for being on here with me today. Uh, is there anything that you want to close with that, for the audience? Do you just want them to know? No, I just, you know, go out there, be curious, you know, find, find your passion and, and, and learn, reach out and connect with people because that's, that's probably the best way to be able to grow your career. You know, you, you, you need to be an active participant. You need to be a lifelong learner. And I'm just trying to help facilitate people. I'm trying to, you know, to feed their, their, their knowledge base. So, you know, be curious and, you know, you know, do the best you can. Yeah, and make sure that you go check out HVAC 360 with all of that those resources Matt gave us there. And thank you, Matt. It's great to see you again. Not a problem. Thank you. Charlie, I know you're listening to this at home while you are getting better. And thank you for arranging that interview with Matt. It was a wonderful interview, and I'm so thankful that you got all these done and that we can share them with all of our listeners. And uh, it also gives us a chance to give you a shout out and say hi. This brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Do us a favor, subscribe, rate and review the podcast, leave us a comment on YouTube, wherever you are, we want to hear from you. And you can always reach us through social at the handle at Empowering Pumps and using the hashtag, hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast, or you can email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. We'll be back next Monday with a new episode. 
And until, until then, then, be empowering.